I really like that, the hymn we just sang. But I want to ask you, um, did the first hymn sound familiar, but you just can't place it? <laughs> did anybody have trouble placing it? Okay, good. I don't have to say what it was. Okay. What's the Ohio State alma mater? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we always sing the, that tune on the first Sunday after classes start. So, okay. <clears throat> so, um, this is the final sermon in the series uh, that I've been preaching this summer, Our Place in God's World. Last week I preached on sexuality. I, I came home and the, the person who lives in our house said to me, Well, that was an interesting sermon. What's the point of this series? Jeez, I said, well, I, I began the sermon with explaining the point of it, and she said, well, I guess I didn't get it. Could you tell me what the point of this series is? Okay. So the point of this series is we spend a lot of our time, particularly Monday through Saturday, thinking about things like sexuality, money, politics, and technology. And do we bring our Sunday faith to what we think about the rest of the week? It's also interesting as, as we planned these services how few prayers and hymns are written about sexuality. Try to find a hymn on sexuality. Try to find a prayer on it. How few prayers and hymns are written about really money and its role in our life, um, about politics and about technology. The hymn you just sang is about the only one we could find in the hymnal that, that brushed up against technology. And I thought, you know, just as we don't tend to think about faith in, in our Monday through Saturday life, well, religion doesn't do much to bring itself to our Monday through Saturday life. The, there are two different spheres, and the point of this, sphere, this sermon series is to talk about the intersection and how our faith applies to what we think about and live all the time, to integrate the two. So this Sunday is on technology. Technology is all around us. We cannot avoid it, you know. It is something before whom we live and move and have our being. The psalmist says, O oh God, you have searched me and know me. Well, we can say that about technology, can't we? Literally, I mean, technology has searched us and known us. I mean, MRIs search us. Kroger has known me and knows what I buy and what 
what coupons I want by my spending pattern. You know, the psalmist says that of God, but technology has searched us and known us, and where can we go from its, from its presence? If we go to the heavens, there it is. If we go to the deepest part of the sea, there it is. It helps us get to the heavens. It helps us get to the deepest part of the sea. So technology is all around us. You know, and technology isn't just computers. I mean, a hammer is technology. Scissors are technologies. It's, it, it's everywhere. And I, I have to say, I love, I love my technology. I like it when I get, get a beep on my iPhone and it's, it's uh, our daughter-in-law sending us a video of our granddaughter, you know, two weeks ago, uh, two minutes ago, as she was standing up for the first time. That's great. You know, technology is, is just wonderful. I like being able to pay all my bills in about two minutes online, you know, rather than all the checks and the envelopes and stuff. I like um, Netflix. My gosh, what a blessing Netflix is. You know, <laughs> where we can binge watch you know, Orange is the New Black, all five seasons. Don't tell me. Don't tell me what happened. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff. I like, you know, Realm. Oh, my gosh, Realm is so wonderful. I, I went to, um, to, to Christy's house uh, this week to, to, to meet with her and, and Nick about the, the baptizing Daphne, and I thought, gosh, I don't have their address. How do I get to their house? I just got out my realm and went on and it popped up their address and it popped up directions to their house and showed a picture of their house. This is great stuff. Get on realm. <laughs> I was talking to um, Barbara Riley this week and she was telling me about her brother whose um, ALS is, is so advanced he cannot move any of his limbs now. And she was saying what a blessing Alexa is in his life where he can say, Alexa, turn on the TV. And Alexa will. You know, Alexa, turn on the lights. Lower the volume of the TV. And she said, what a blessing technology is in her brother's life. And, and you look at this stuff and you say, it is miraculous. It's just miraculous. At the same time, you know, technology is also about strip mining, and it's about erosion, and it's about pollution, and it's about climate change. Um, you know, there's a downside to technology. Technology seems to be something we have a love-hate relationship with. It seems to be a blessing at times. It seems to be a, a curse at other times. You know, I took that course at Ohio State last fall on, you know, how to do, how to do PowerPoint and how to do Word documents and, and how to do expel, Excel spreadsheets. And gosh, it just opened all this world to me. And I thought, I can't get over how wonderful the computer is and how much I can do on it and what a blessing it is. But when I do a spreadsheet and I... And I get that insert there, but I can't put words in the picture, picture insert. It drives me crazy. You know, and we love our computers, but when they get hacked or they're down, it drives us up a wall. So um, it's a blessing and it's a curse. And it does bring stress to our life, you know, when, when things don't work out the way we want them to. Technology 
shapes our world, it shapes how we think, it shapes how we act. I want to talk first about technology and nature. You know, for much of human existence, nature acted on human beings. Nature was the subject and we were the object, you could even say the victim, of nature. When I was growing up, I remember hearing about what was then called man versus nature, human beings versus nature, or man's war on nature, or trying to conquer nature. You know, and we've really made progress on that in spite of the what we've been seeing about Hurricane Harvey in Texas. But, you know, technology has enabled us to span spaces, to cross rivers, to, to dam rivers and have incredible energy. It's enabled us to cross oceans. It's enabled us to fly and cross the country in a, in a relatively brief amount of time. It's enabled us to go through and over mountains. It's enabled us to, to land on the moon. It's enabled us to, to uh, you know, Skype and see somebody around the world, just like that. It, it's, it's, it's great stuff, and technology has, has, has made it so that, in a sense, we are now the subject, and nature is the object, and we act on nature, and we're, we're kind of free and unlimited by nature to a large degree. And, and you have to ask, in, in light of technology, what is the role of nature? And nature seems to be just a resource for us that we can use, that we can explode, exploit, and we can um, use up. Then after we think about technology and nature, think about technology and human beings. C.S. Lewis says that when every time humanity conquers something in nature and has power over nature, it gives humanity power over other human beings. The airplane yeah. spans space, diminishes distances and time in a sense. But the airplane also enables some human beings to have power over other human beings in that we can destroy cities and kill people with airplanes. Technology has enabled us to be the only animal that can kill its enemies from a distance. You think of technology as the movement from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age to the Iron Age. And each one of those advancements carried with it power over other people that the Iron Age had an advantage over the Bronze Age. And when we read about in Judges about the, the wars between the Israelites 
who were Bronze Age and the Philistines who were Iron Age, we can understand why the Philistines often won. The cotton gin was a great advancement in technology, taking the seeds out of cotton. But the impact of that was more slaves were needed to produce more cotton. And, ex- and slavery had to expand westward in our country so that there would be more cotton fields. So technology made people into objects. And automation and robotics, we know about job losses. We have to ask, in light of technology, what are people for? Some people are unnecessary, apparently. Others are just resources to be used. And after we talk about creation and human beings, where does God fit in? Has technology replaced God? Is humanity now at the center of the universe and God's been pushed aside? And this brings us to the Genesis reading, the Tower of Babel. The story was intended to explain why there are different languages in the world. But it is a story about technology because the the human beings have advanced their technology from stone to bricks, which makes building easier, and from mortar to asphalt, which makes building easier. So they can now build higher towers, and they plan to build a tower to the heavens to make a name for themselves to replace God. And God says, if they do this, nothing they propose to do will be impossible. That sounds pretty good to me. Nothing they propose to do will be impossible. Isn't that the dream? Isn't that the dream of technology? To to make everything possible, to cure diseases, to feed the hungry, to span spaces and time, to make life easier? What is so wrong with that? This is the temptation Jesus faced. What is so wrong, the devil says, with feeding people? What is so wrong with housing people? What is so wrong with healing people? And Jesus says, basically, and you can see from his life, there's nothing wrong with feeding people. There's nothing wrong with housing people. There's nothing wrong with healing people. It's just God has to be at the center. Because things start to go a little haywire when God's not 
at the center. I remember when I was growing up seeing videos that would be put out by like Bell Laboratories or some, some company about the future, the world of tomorrow, and how bright that future was as we had all these labor-saving devices in the home where we could make fabrics that you wouldn't have to iron cloth anymore, that we could have, we could have um, uh, vacuum cleaners that we could just put on the floor and they would, they would vacuum. They would go around the floor and vacuum. We had these marvelous washers and dryers that would save us so time, much time and make life easier. And we could have these jet packs where we could travel from city to city. And, and, you know, remember the Jetsons, what a great life the Jetsons had. And, and that was the future, and it was bright and sunny. It was utopia. Yeah. Now I think about the images of the future that we see in movies and in TV, and it's not a utopia anymore that we see. It's a dystopia. Think of Batman and The Matrix and Mad Max. You never see the sun shining in, in, um, in the Batman. It's always dark and gloomy. And society has been so divided between the few who control everything because of their technology and then the vast numbers that are basically slaves or serfs Think of the Hunger Games, you know. The world's future doesn't seem to be bright anymore. And you have to ask yourself, what am I for? Do I have a purpose and do I have a meaning? Or am I just a cog in the machine? It's at this point where Wendell Berry says, technology shapes our thinking. What we value now is speed and power and efficiency and profit. Those are our values and love and community and justice have been replaced. That the world has become specialized and we don't see the whole picture and we don't see the impact of what we do to our neighbor. Pope Francis in his encyclical on creation praises the immense advancement and development that the humans have made in technology. And then he says, but humanity has not kept pace in its development of responsibility and values and conscience. That every age has a minimal awareness of its limitations 
And we, just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. And that we have separated faith and ethics from technology. This sermon series is Our Place in God's World. And the phrasing of that title is very intentional. That it's our place in God's world. That God is at the center and we revolve around God and we act around God. And the question that technology puts before us maybe more than anything else in all creation. Is it God's world or is it technology's world? Who is at the center? And when we put technology at the center, we really put ourselves at the center. So is it our place in God's world or God's place in our world? I don't have a conclusion. I don't have an answer. I just know our lives are very complicated and very confusing. And I'm just going to end with some questions about our place in God's world. Is what we're using in relation to nature and people and ourselves Is it replacing anybody? Is it loving? Is it just? Is it fair? Is it merciful? Is it putting God at the center or is it putting me at the center? May we be aware of our place in God's world and whose we are and who we are. May it be so. Amen.